everyone, and welcome to the Cutaways Podcast. I'm Justine. <laughs> I am Walter Cronkite. You know, I almost said, I'm Ashley. <laughs> and I'm like... <laughs> well, I'm Ashley. Yeah. That's, that's not Ashley. Right. Unless I've been taken over by, like, a Cyberman or something. Ooh, Cyberman. Cyber Ashley. This is a podcast. If you can't tell. Yeah, hopefully if you're listening to it, you, you're in the right place. Yeah. We watch a romantic comedy new to us every week, and we're watching them in chronological order, so we're learning pretty much the evolution of this genre, and also the evolution of filmmaking. You know, you can't help it. Yeah, it just did. There, there are things that happen. Yeah. Ashley and I are our film editors. We live here in Hollywood. Hollywood, California! That was my best game show host impression ever. Um, Today is uh, May the 4th, which you know what that means. Mother's Day is around the corner. (laughs) No, it's true. Mother's Day is this weekend. I mean, but today is also Star Wars Day. (laughs) It is the day of Star Wars. Yeah. That has nothing to do with our podcast. (laughs) Well, I mean... They could be romantic comedies in a way, if you look at Han Solo and Leia and mm-hmm. their evolution throughout the movies. There are a few um, Star Wars trailers recut as romantic comedy trailers, so it, it's it's possible. It can it can work that way. There is actually a short romantic comedy that um, I found on YouTube a long time ago, and I can't remember what it was called. But it was about George Lucas when he was in college. And so it was George Lucas in college writing the script for Star Wars. And it's a romantic comedy of him falling in love with somebody. And then at the end, he finds out that it's his sister. Oh. So that's how Star Wars was born. <laughs> hey, you know what th- You know what they call the, the Star Wars uh, romantic comedy? What? The Fault in Our Star Wars. <laughs> oh. Oh. It's a thing. It's a thing. Okay, props to whoever came up with that, because that's a wonderful thing. I think multiple people came up with the idea. Okay. Is that our show? We're the fault in our (laughs) podcast. We're the fault in our podcast. (laughs) There's lots of faults in our podcast. (laughs) Yeah, but what are we, are we watching a movie today, Justine, or are we just rambling? Oh, I hope we're watching a movie. (laughs) Tell me, Ashley. Tell me about this movie. Today we're watching 1987's can't buy me love. Can't buy me love. <laughs> Do you think there's going to be Beatles songs? In- oh, tell me, tell me, tell me about this movie. <laughs> tell you about this movie. So on Netflix, the description is, Tired of being an outcast, a nerdy teen offers his life savings of $1,000 to the most popular girl in school in exchange for dating him for a month. How does a teenager have $1,000 already? You know what this story is? It's prostitution. (laughs) It kind of is, yes. This is like the original Pretty Woman. Yep. This is Pretty Woman three years before Pretty Woman. Yeah. This is like Pretty Woman the Teen Edition. It stars Patrick Dempsey, Amanda Pearson, and Courtney Gaines. It was directed by Steve Rash. Gross. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) It's rated PG-13. It's an hour and 34 minutes, and it's rated four stars on Netflix. Ooh. This is the one, this is like, this is famous. Mm. 
This, okay, so have you, you've seen Easy A, right? No. <laughs> That's why I started this damn podcast. Well, in Easy A, they kind of, like, combine all the John Hughes movies and all, like, the famous romantic comedy teen movies mm-hmm. together. But this is the, this has the famous shot of Patrick Dempsey writing a rideable uh, lawnmower mm-hmm. with a top hat on and the girl in the background. Supposedly this is like the end shot of the movie. Oh, ruin the ending. Not oh, really. Oh, they get together? Who could foresee? <laughs> That's been recreated in so many different movies and Easy A is like the most recent one that did it. Good thing we're watching Easy A in 10 years. 10 years, guys. <laughs> I mean, it'll it'll have something else that we'll be able to compare it to. We'll show it to your kids. <laughs> so happy Mother's Day. <laughs> happy Mother's Star Wars Day. Happy Star Wars Mother's Day. Happy Star Mother's Wars Day. Happy Star Day Mother's Wars. <laughs> <laughs> we ventured into insanity. Anything else about this this movie about prostitution in high school? I thought just high school in general was a form of prostitution. Whoa. High school sucked, guys. But an extra $1,000 in my bank account would be nice right now. Yeah. I agree with that. Where are these high schoolers that have thousands of dollars? Let's find out! Oh! Take it to a different direction. Let's go. The direction towards watching the movie. Ugh, yes. Yay! Once we get through this, we can watch Game of Thrones. Yay! I like our new thing. <laughs> it, like, really brings me up and, like, peppy and just... Mm-hmm. I love the 80s. Yeah, the 80s are a good time for our genre. The 80s have been good for us. <laughs> Legally, we can't play that song because it was in the movie, and this is a critique of the movie. Yes. Can't come after us, Beatle lawyers. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we watched the movie in question. <laughs> can't Buy Me Love. Can't Buy Me Love. By Touchstone Pictures. A.K.A. Disney. Disney. <laughs> Touchstone was just, they didn't want to use any of the Disney brands, because they didn't, they wanted to make more adult yes. kind of things, Yes, which is why Splash happened. Mm-hmm. So without Touchstone Pictures, where would we be without Tom Hanks? Yeah, without Ron Howard. <laughs> without this movie. Without this movie. Without McDreamy. <laughs> yeah. He was, he was, he was awesome and hot. For a good, f- maybe... 40 minutes? 40 minutes. <laughs> and I would say, like, 40% of the movie. Mm-hmm. The rest of it, I just wanted him to die. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> man, dude. He is... He was in this very, very sexy. <laughs> the hair, man. Oh, the hair and the glasses. Ooh. And just the walk and the... Ugh. T-shirt collection. I love a nerd. Yeah. I love a sexy nerd. <laughs> Yeah, it just goes to show you that you can be scrawny and still be sexy. Oh yeah, for sure, definitely. He could he could get all the way 
that yep. first. <laughs> Plus, we had we had some some nipple. We had some chestage. Yeah. Not female chestage. No, yeah, the most nudity was him shirtless. Yeah, it was nice. Especially when she started ripping his shirt. Mm-hmm. It was just like, okay. I think you said it, you're like, just give me more! Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> Keep, still, still too much clothes. Yeah. Too many buttons. Mm. Although I like, <laughs> it's like some 80s thing where, like, when the guys, like, have a button-down shirt and, yeah. like, the four or five top buttons are unbuttoned, unbuttoned. and, like, yeah. the rest are. <laughs> it's, like, the one button down like, here near your crotch. Why are you even wearing a shirt at that point? <laughs> Just wear it open. No one will complain. Nope. Maybe nope. the teachers, but... 80s style. Yeah. What year was this? 87. 87. The same year as Princess Bride. So Patrick Dempsey... Is hot. Yeah. <laughs> but he's a high school kid. Yeah. And he's hot. Yeah. He's a nerd. It was like and he's hot. <laughs> it was like backwards. Um, she's all that. Yeah, it was reverse. She's all that. It was definitely reverse. She's all that. And also, like, though she didn't become a bitch in She's All That. Not the same way. No, I don't really remember. She's all that. She finds out that it was a bet. Mm-hmm. And then she gets all mad, and she does something to Fred. Right, because, like, in that movie and other movies like that, they are changing. It's the other person paying to change the other person. Yeah, yeah. Whereas he changed on his own accord in this movie, which we'll talk in depth about. So it was different that way, where he took the power and got drunk off of it and became Mm -hmm. this whole other monster. Which is a very masculine thing to do, Mm -hmm. let's be honest. Women do it too, but it is typically attributed with the masculine psyche. It was like his brain turned off. Well, he's a boy. Also, Seth Green is in this movie. Baby Seth Green. Oh, you thought he's short now. Uh, (laughs) At 13, he could rock being a nine-year-old. Yeah. (laughs) Though he did have one of the best French projects I have ever seen. For, like, a school that would allow that to be a project, and it would get an A. Mm -hmm. A tiny little guillotine. A real guillotine that Mm -hmm. could actually chop Barbie's heads off. I'm just still, like, like, we just watched it, so my brain is like, what? Well, like, the first, okay, so the first 40 minutes were really good. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, they've got this really nice chemistry, and, like, your teen hormones were coming back into it. Oh, yeah. And you're just, like, in a happy little ball of happiness. Yeah, Ashley and I had to, like, mop off our teen hormones. Oh, we yeah. Like, in <laughs> like sync just came in the room. <laughs> Frosted tipped in sync. Oh. If Justin Timberlake just walked in and then started singing Bye Bye Bye, I think I would just faint. Yeah. Agree. <laughs> It'd be like, no words would just be falling. You'd be the speechless, and I'd be the, <gasps> the, the hyperventilating. Yeah. <laughs> we meet Patrick Dempsey. His name is Ronald. Not Donald. Not Donald. Um, Ronald. He's a lawnmower extraordinaire. He has awesome lawnmower. He has mm. awesome lawnmowing skills. Yeah, he's got a rider mower, which, you know, nobody had back in the day. Yeah, big deal. These popular girls show up that he's neighbors with yeah one of them is our leading lady cindy um they just come back from shopping 
And they're talking with Cindy's mom about how school is starting. It's the summertime and the school's coming back. School starts on Tuesday or something. So they had to buy all new clothes. Let's see. Yeah, so we meet our girl, Cindy, who, and like, the movie was kind of just as much about her as it was about him, but more about him. Well, like, okay, so we have the first 40 minutes and she's with him and they're, like, great and they're, like, awesome. That's when it was more even between them. Yeah. And then it's, like, the next, the middle chunk He has his princess transformation. Yeah. (laughs) If you want to call it that. (laughs) That happens. And it's really about him. Yes. And you don't see her, like, at all, really. Except for maybe in the background or, like, a few, uh, like, cut scenes here or there. Yeah, but then Act 3... Is them again. Yeah, it's like, call back. You're like, remember Act 1? <laughs> We're like, yeah, I love Act 1. <laughs> What'd you do? <laughs> Why, Patrick Dempsey? Why? Why? This, this movie was also edited really weirdly. We're back to those, like, really short scenes of nothing happening. But to me, it felt like they just wanted to get, like, a whole school year in really mm-hmm. fast. Yeah. That's what it felt like to me, too. I liked it in the beginning because it got it got us into their, like, relationship and their dynamic. But it kept going. But, yeah, then it kept going, and then it started feeling, like, the middle felt so long. Yeah, the middle was just like, I can't, I don't know what's happening. I was like, I can't predict. <laughs> Please it, help. <laughs> it was just, he became this dick. He yeah. became the opposite end of the spectrum that he thought he was, and he lost himself completely. And so did the movie. And so did the movie. Okay, so the girls are at Cindy's house and they watch Cindy's boyfriend Bobby at college on TV. He's this football player. Football's a big thing, isn't it? Yeah. So it's like their relationship is over, but she doesn't want to tell her friends that it's over because he's gone on to college and of course he's gonna be all well, I'm in college. Yeah, she didn't admit that he didn't call her. Yeah. And that he'd stopped talking to her. So she's keeping secrets from her friends. Which way to be a man. Like just let the distance break up with her. Ugh. Like do it yourself. Cut it off. Let's see. And then they have cheerleading cheerleader practice. Cindy's Which was Paula Abdul cheerleader yeah, practice. Choreography, <laughs> Paula Abdul. She used to be a Laker girl, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she brought it. <laughs> Did you see like those like cheerleader like Yeah. They had like shoulder roll things. Shoulder rolls and like the the wide leg kicks. Yeah. The, one of the roundhouse kicks. Yeah, and the and the hip thingies. Yeah. Totally eighties. Yeah. Paula Abdul. I felt right at home, even though I wasn't born yet. My girl. We were dancing along. <laughs> we're dancing right now. I thought this movie would have been good as like a video podcast. Because we were like, what? And then we would dance to the eighties music. And then we would be like, What? What? Oh, okay. The 80s did have really good music. Yeah. Ronald and his friend Kenneth are watching the cheerleaders practice, and Kenneth's like, she's out of our league, man. <laughs> he was like the Kinnicky of the movie. <laughs> He's the Ron Howard of the movie. <laughs> He's this redhead. There were a lot of redheads in this movie. Yeah, every time one would pop up on the screen, we're like, is it Seth Green? <laughs> Seth Green, where is he? <laughs> Seth Green's hair was brown. I know. <laughs> It was Auburn, but he also, the movie is set in Tucson, Arizona, Mm -hmm. and he had an East Coast accent. 
a man after my own heart. <laughs> he was like, yeah, Dad, I'm talking to Ma. I'm talking to Ma. Let me talk to Ma. I'm like, what, this isn't how people talk? <laughs> <laughs> the most random thing. But I loved it. Okay, so the girls invite their football boy friends, friend boys, to a party. Dude, I couldn't tell the popular dudes apart, but I don't think it mattered. Well, one was Big John. Yeah. But I only knew that. I only committed that to memory because he farted in Seth Green's face. Yeah, then the other two were just interchangeable. There was one crop top guy, and I can't even remember. A mullet guy? I don't know. They, like, had too many people. Yeah, I mean, they, they the other two, like, popular girls, I don't remember their names, just one of them always had, like, face painting. <laughs> yeah, at one point she had, like, the Bowie, like, stars on her face. Yeah. It was like, hey, look, it's the 80s. But they all had their big 80s hair, full of glitter. Like, it was a glitter bomb went off in yeah. this movie. <laughs> it was nice. Ronald and Kenneth are in school. Ashley really liked Ron's beret. Mm-hmm. His black beret. Yeah, he was very... He was wearing it wrong. Yeah, I didn't wear it like that when I had my beret. He wore it... Okay, so you know how you're supposed to wear it, like, tilt off to the side and it doesn't... You don't cover your ears with it. He brought it, pulled it down all the way to his ears. Yeah. No, I wore I wore my beret like how you describe it, just a little askew. Yeah. With, like, this side up. Yeah. Boop, Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I did wear a beret in fifth grade. <laughs> I don't know the purpose of berets. It's always... to let people know that you're an artist. Oh. <laughs> you know what? When I was little, you know what I used to call them? Barrettes? No. <laughs> what? Hat pancakes. Hat <laughs> Where was I? We're oh. still in the good part. We should still talk about the good part. So, Ron, Ronnie declares, this is the biggest year of our lives. Like, he's a man on a mission for his senior year. It's senior year! Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He would like to be popular because he is not. Have we have we mentioned a million times that, that Ronnie is a, nerd. is a big beret wearing nerd of yearbook club and curly goofy hair. He is me. <laughs> he has beautiful hair. Oh my god, his hair was amazing. It was just like even when it was just all over the place, Harry oh, Potter that was style. The best. It was just so pretty. I wish that I could go back to the eighties and like cut his face out of Teen Beat magazine and just do a collage on my wall of his hair. Yeah. I just wanted to run my fingers through oh. it. <laughs> so bad. Like, I really desperately like it hurts that I cannot. Like, I'm going to see Patrick Dempsey on the street one of these days, and I'm just going to go up and run my fingers through his hair and just be like, okay, I have accomplished my bucket list and run away. <laughs> oh, but it was like so, it was like the short, but like the long curly mop on top that would yeah. go into his eyes. Oh, uh, and, then, and then when the wind would blow. <sighs> Guys, we just need, we just need so many gifts of Patrick Dempsey's hair. Oh, yes. I don't even remember what we were talking about. We got so lost Patrick in Dempsey's Patrick hair. Dempsey's hair. <laughs> you knew it was going to happen. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Just swim through it. Oh, I'm sorry, listeners. <laughs> Not sorry. Ron, Ron's dad has a really dorky car. That's an important plot point. Well, he uses his car as, like, his work car. Yeah, it's a tile. Business. Business. Tic-tac tile. What's her face? Cindy. Cindy's mom has that really skeezy date. Who never came back. But yeah, he she was like in a bathing suit. Yeah, and he's like, hello. And I was like, barf, she is 15. 
It's like, hello there, let me stare at your chest and be like Woody Allen. Cindy goes into the closet and picks out an outfit. Into her mother's closet. Yeah. Her mother had told her no. Mm-mm. So she goes into her closet and gets a all suede fringe jacket, halter top, and skirt. But to wear to a pool party? Why would you wear suede to a pool party? Uh, she's a teenager. You can't get suede wet. You can't get anything on suede. It won't come out. No. She goes to the pool party, yeah, and she gets a suede outfit covered in wine. For reasons not nearly explained, it's just needed to further the plot. Oh, and it is the plot. It is the plot. It is the plot. It's essential to the plot. Mm-hmm. Um, Ronald has said that he has saved up $1,500. Well, okay. First of all, he said he had $1,500, and then he said he had $1,000. So, I mean, he has $1,500, but the thing he wants costs $1,000. He wants a telescope, a brand new telescope. Yes. Because all he has right now is a handmade one. Yeah, a tube. Yeah, which you make in science class or whatever. Um, oh, yeah, he has dinner with his family, which he tells all this, and that's where we meet Seth Green, his For the first time. younger brother. I have brother. no idea what he said because our gasps yeah. and squeals. We're just like, Seth Green! <laughs> <laughs> Patrick Dempsey, his big night out party was card night with his friends. It's not like cool cards. It's not like Dungeons and Dragons. It's poker, which is lame. Yeah, but they had their root beer that they called their brewskis, mm-hmm. which I thought was hilarious because the, the popular kids called that an actual brewski a brewski. Mm-hmm. She gets wine on it. she got to go to the mall. Patrick Dempsey's also at the mall shopping for a telescope. He looks through the telescope and sees her and then follows her to the place where she's trying to get an exchange on the ruined outfit. But the guy's like, no, you can buy new outfit for $1,000. So Ronald is presented with the choice. He's got the $1,000 in his hand. He sees telescope. He sees outfit with girl. Uh, uh, outfit with girl. Outfit with girl and salesman of telescope angry. Yeah. I don't know why I went to Russia. So yeah, he goes up to Cindy, fans out all of his 20s, and says, I want to rent you. Yeah. <laughs> and is very, it's, it's very, it's an awkward introduction of the plot. Yeah, and she's just like, what? Gross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and at first she says no. Mm-hmm. And then he's walking out the door. Yeah, he's like, well, bye. We have decided not to purchase the outfit today. Yeah. It was very, uh, what's the word? He's taking, I feel like he's taking advantage of her in this situation. Oh, he is, for sure. But she is also taking advantage of him to save her own ass, in a way. Yeah. The taking advantage of is kind of canceling each other out. Because he's not, like, saying, I'll pay you $1,000 and you can, you have sex with me. I just want, I want to be seen with you or I want to appear to be dating you. Yeah. So she agrees. And gets the new outfit, and he gets her. So they meet at school the next morning where they set their terms. There's going to be one month, and, you know, they're going to have a couple lunches together, a couple date nights. Nothing, nothing, they didn't, he didn't require any kissing, he didn't require any physical, like, attraction, or physical romance at all, which I thought was kind of nice. Mm -hmm. Like, he didn't, he didn't try to force... to be uncomfortable. He had his eyes on the prize of popularity. Yeah. And was using her to get to this level. Yeah. Um, So then she sexifies him up. 
Oh, yes. Well, she ruins his hair. No, not the first time. The first time it was nice. Like, she gave a little mousse on the side, so you still had a little bit of the poof. Okay, yeah. And so it, like, just made his curls... Yeah, it, like, locked his curls more. Yeah. Made them nicer. And rips his sleeves off his button-down shirt. Mm-hmm. And he popped his collar. Mm-hmm. Didn't like the pop collar. That wasn't her idea. That was his idea. Yeah. But, but definitely should have uh, taken down some buttons. So, yeah, then they walk the hallways together and are seen together for the first time. And everybody's <gasps> like, is that the lawnmower kid? What is yeah. happening? What, why is he here? Wah, 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 wah. And then Ronald's in science class with his friends. Our first person of color. Mm-hmm. Who is a teacher who has a speaking role. Yeah. Progress. And then we have Homek with her, and her friends are confronting her. Being like, what's the deal? And she's just like, I'm not telling you. Pretty much, I'm not. Nope. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Then there is lunch. And she has burnage. She has burnage? Yeah, because a guy comes over. Right. And he's, like, trying to get Ronnie to leave. And she's just like, no. You see, I, uh, this section... I don't know what section you belong in, but uh, the asshole section is over there, and you're a fucking asshole. Yeah. But, like, her other friends come over, and he's, like, making friends with them. Instantly. Yeah. And then they go out for pizza afterwards, and the popular guys show up and eat all of his pizza. He said he hadn't eaten lunch because he was too nervous around the other guys. Yeah. Um, then he's telling his parents about the party. There's gonna be a party at somebody's house. And he picks up Cindy. He goes over to her house, and she's like, I expected some mechanical transportation of some sort. And he's like, well, I don't have that. Let's take your car. So she drives him to the party, which I thought was pretty funny. And pretty, like, it reversed the, the roles a little bit, which was kind of nice. Seth Green has decided to spy on his brother to see what's up, because he knows something is up. They didn't utilize his character enough. No. Like, there was no point to his spying. Yeah, he could have been cut completely. Yeah. No point. Not Like, I feel like there was something else. I don't know. I feel like there was a lot of stuff that they, like, messed around with with this script. Or this story. Or it just wasn't fully fleshed out enough. I don't know. Yeah, it was... Just the pacing was weird. Oh, yes. Pacing was definitely weird. So they go to the party... Cindy won't tell anybody about Bobby, either. Yes, that's still a thing. Mm-hmm. Ron's friends get mad because he didn't show up to their poker night. And he was supposed to bring the chips and dip. Yeah. But Cindy and Ron at the party are super getting along. Yeah, they're so cute. Yeah, and he's friends with the jocks. Like, it was like instant acceptance and friendship. Yeah. And niceness. And, like, their chemistry... It seemed like they really liked each other. Because they did. Well, I don't know, from, yeah, but. <laughs> but he was a boy. I don't know what happens. He was a boy. That's the, that's like the end all be all of all of that. It was just, men wrote this film and never escaped their little boy-ness. So the next day, he's washing Cindy's car, and she goes and shares some of her poetry with him, something that she has never shared with anybody. Yeah. Like, she is so comfortable now, she's opening up and revealing things she's never told to anybody. And he is oblivious. Yeah. 
He is not Joseph Gordon-Levitt in 500 Days of Summer. No, he is not. Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> so they are, like, legit going out together. They are hanging out without even being seen by other people. Yeah, and it's not, it's, he doesn't, how does he not pick up on this? No, I know, that's what <laughs> I'm so frustrated about. It's just, like, how? How? You were, you were sharing things. Nobody else was seeing you. Yeah. You were going out. You were dating. Legitimate emotional connections were made. Yeah, and then uh, she buys him some sunglasses at the mall. With mommy's credit card. Yeah. And then they go on their last official date, as he calls it. Ugh. And he brings her to the airplane graveyard. Yeah, the boneyard, the Air Force boneyard. Of, like, all the old uh, B-52s and... All the World War II planes. Yeah, and he's telling her, like, all the history of them and stuff. And she's she's really taken with, like, learning stuff from him. Yeah. Well, it's like a good relationship should be. You should have these experiences, like, together and, you know, you partake in each other's interests. Yeah. So, and then that night, they're in the helicopter, and he's got his homemade telescope, and they're looking at the moon together, and he's teaching her about the moon, and she says, the moon looks so different now. I'm like, come on! And he's like, I'm sorry I ruined the moon for you. And then she goes, I don't think you ruined the moon for me. You just changed it. Sorry, I'm just so angry at this scene now, because it was beautiful. I know! It was so romantic. It was so beautiful. (laughs) They were looking at each other like they were going to kiss. And he's like, so how are we going to break up tomorrow? Like, he just totally ruins yeah. everything. Yeah. And we're just like, what? <laughs> what? How do you not have feelings? Like, even hormones. Yeah. It just seemed, what was the whole benefit, you know? Yeah, there was, he didn't even want to, I mean, I kind of get it. Because he might not have wanted to feel like he was taking advantage of her, of her and, like, put making this more than the, than she bargained for. But nobody knew what they were doing. I know. That's the whole thing where I'm but like... But he also didn't pick up on the signals of that she was, like, opening up to him and, like, actually showing the real her and expressing, like... He's such an idiot. <laughs> well, yeah! No, I just don't know how anybody could be that stupid. I mean... I can see a teenage boy being so focused on one thing that they are willing to ignore a whole other thing, but that one thing is normally sex. Yeah. <laughs> I I I feel like if it was a group date, then I would understand, but yeah. it wasn't. They didn't go on like any group dates. Yeah. They didn't do Well, I mean they did a couple group dates like at the the scoops. At scoops. Yeah, but Yeah. <sighs> but all of their best most interesting and intimate moments when they were were alone together yeah sorry i'm just so angry at this movie (laughs) i know because we didn't get it like they made you fall in love with the i I understand like creating adversity and and whatnot but they did a really good job of building the relationship in the beginning and then all of a sudden it's like being ripped away from you for no really good reason Mm mm-hmm thank you it's not like pretty in pink where they just they they didn't build the relationship up well enough throughout the movie. I'm so angry. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, because it is pretty in pink. It is. It is basically pretty in pink. They just, they did a better job of building the connection. 
And then, like, in Pretty in Pink, you don't really, you you aren't connected to that relationship, so you don't really care. Yeah. When they, they, like, ultimately kind of break up and then that adversity comes in. But in this, you're like, take it, it doesn't make any, any sense. They're, fo- they're trying to follow the Pretty in Pink formula, but they did a very bad job of it. He cared more about his reputation. Like, when she said, well, I don't want to really ruin your reputation, he, like, shot, like, through the yeah, sky, his, he was like, my reputation, oh my god, I have a reputation. You had a girlfriend who liked you a whole lot. Yeah. What are, your priorities are twisted, man. <laughs> it's like choosing money over somebody. Yeah, I know, men do it all the time. Ugh. That's why I'm like, I, does he deserve to be redeemed? Because he would just... I think once we got to the third act, and it actually was, like, his redemption path Mm -hmm. they didn't make it easy like it wasn't easy for him yeah which was good because i think if it would have ended up where she was like this manic pixie dream girl kind of thing that fixed all of his problems for him it would have been really it just wouldn't have worked he did learn an important lesson just how he got there was really strange and well just the the amount of time that there was like eventually like when they ultimately break up in the next scene and she's just like just remember popularity is like a job you have to you know constantly work at it because people are always going to look to tear you down it's hard for me to forgive him because he really hurt her in these two scenes oh yeah like that without realizing it he thought it was all cool and copacetic and everything but no he really hurt he really hurt he really hurt her in the britain the 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 car the car and then the next day in the breakup he brought up real shit yeah and that he he was hitting below the belt yeah for fun like he thought it was all a game yeah and he just really hurt her and i was so mad at him Oh, yeah, and and then it just, like, he didn't take the lesson from her at all. Like, the less she was trying to say, hey, popularity isn't all that it's cracked up to be. You don't really want this. I don't really want this. Yeah. I never really asked for it. I think that's an interesting kind of dynamic because most of the time, at least the movies that came out of this, it's always the girl who is trying to break into the popularity and thinks that the looks and everything are all that matter and, and everything. So that's kind of why I, I really... I think this is an important movie because I, I've just never had a lot. There aren't a lot mm-hmm. like that where it's the guy. Yeah. Where I think in 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 a lot of instances and in, in my experiences with high school, it is typically the boys who, you know, are seeking that status kind of thing and using it to build their, e- to boost their egos and to then proceed to kind of hold power over people. Whereas girls... Girls typically hold power and aren't, they're, they can be vicious about it in school, like the whole mean girls dynamic, but it's not the same ego-driven thing. It's more of a, it's more of a looks thing, mm. an appearance kind of thing for, for the female side of it in movies, specifically, where this is very, he is very ego-driven, mm-hmm. which is very true to high school boys. They are very ego-driven. It's the whole notch-in-the-belt argument. It can kind of lead into rape culture. It can kind of connect to a lot of things just by going back to a teenage male's ego. Mmm. He was suffering from the patriarchy. Yep. And I mean, he kind of made up for it because he was an Enchanted and he was adorable in Enchanted. Mmm. And that is a very female kind of empowerment movie, so I kind of give him credit for... 
maybe recognizing the error of his ways. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Patrick Dempsey casting choices. <laughs> Alright, so yeah, he really hurts her. Then the next day they have their big stupid breakup and she smacks him. For a very good reason. Very, very, because we were like, yes! <laughs> she smacked we're like, yeah, you go girl. Mm. <laughs> Because he brings up the whole Bobby thing and stuff. Like, and that really hurt her. Yeah, really personal shit, like yelling at it. And he had made, he had talked about it in this the, the car washing scene when she shows him her poetry, where she had talked about how, you know, Bobby didn't, Bobby didn't call. I didn't tell anybody that. Mm-hmm. I've never told anybody that. And it, it really hurt me. And then he uses it later on. And yeah. that is like, yeah, he, he crossed... An invisible line that he didn't ever know was there because he didn't he didn't think to process that she was a woman or a, a person yeah. and had feelings. Ooh, the complexity of other people. Yeah, as John Green would say. Exactly, <laughs> John Green. <laughs> we I mean we can't have a romantic comedy podcast and not talk about John Green. They meet up after school and being like, yeah, the breakup went well, right? All right, and she's like, okay, just. It's fine. Just don't change yourself. Mm-hmm. And then we instant cut to the next scene. He's completely changed himself. <laughs> His hair is nasty and greased Ugh. back. Ugh. And he's wearing... What, what was he wearing? It was like a patterned shirt with a big plaid blazer and this ugly bolo tie. It was like... the Ducky threw up on him, <laughs> but it was like Ducky's gross leftovers. <laughs> It was like Ducky's grandpa's clothes. Yeah. He's ready to start dating the other popular girls. Because they're all about having leftovers. <laughs> He's on this date with one of the popular girls. Barbara, I think. And they're Oh, I just Scoops. called them the bimbos. I think one of them was Barbara. One of them... One was Bim and one was Bo. Isis? Iris. No, Iris was... Iris was a third party altogether. Yeah. Iris, I remember because that's the one he was in the bathroom with yes, at the party. Yeah. No, these were these were her two best friends, and I just called them the bimbos because I they never really said their name, but they were just always there to say stupid shit. Well, I just remember because he's kissing the other one, and he's like, "What about Barbara?" The one he showed up with. Oh. So I don't know the other one's name. That was the only time that the names were mentioned. Seth Green's hanging out in the back of the car. He gets farted on again by. In the face. Big John, like he did at the party scene, which I don't think we mentioned, because it's not relevant to a plot. Yep. So, the girls are, like, fighting over him, and that other girl is like, well, you're gonna go to the Columbus Day dance with me, so I can't wait to see your sexy moves, and he's like, oh yeah, I got all the sexy moves. And then she cups his ass. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) With this. (laughs) Like, you don't ever, ever see the woman do, like, I don't think, like, this was just weird for me. I was just like, this I mean, is a high school movie. The next morning, he sleeps in, but then goes and rushes into the kitchen to his brother Seth Green and being like, I need to watch American Bandstand right now. Change the channel. We only have one TV. It's 1987. <laughs> <laughs> there is no DVR. And, like, he didn't input the, the, when he changed the channel, he had to, like, just go up, like, three channels. Yeah, he couldn't just put a number. Because they only had, like, four. Yeah. <laughs> well, they didn't have numbers, really. Yeah. So, he's starting to learn this, these moves from this dance on TV. But then we, after he leaves, we learn that it's, uh, American, that it's, uh, African dance. Hour. Yeah. 
and that it was the anteater dance. Anteater tribute. Anteater tribute dance. Something. So then we're at the Columbus Day dance. Uh, the nerds show up. Patrick Dempsey's practicing dancing in the bathroom. Because he's so nervous. And then what's-her-face, whoever he's going out with, is like, let's dance, finally! And he starts doing that dance. Yeah, and he goes out and starts dancing this dance. And he starts a dance craze, yeah. of course. And the nerds are like, the African Anteater Tribute! Yeah. <laughs> and it's like this very Paula Abdul dance number. Yeah. Where you shake it. Shake it, and then you do the mashed potato. Yeah. And then you do some some arm, some elephant arms, and then you shake it some shake more. Shake it. <laughs> it was very, uh, she's all that. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Scoops. Oh, yeah. I don't know why we're at Scoops again. He's talking to Cindy. Well, yeah, Cindy is there with her new... College boy. Her Neanderthal Brent. surfer jackass. Yeah, and for some reason, Ron's, Ronnie's mad at her. She stopped talking to him. Yeah. And, like, avoiding her her friend group. Which, for good reason. Yeah. Like, they just bought into everything that she didn't think that they were going to do. Like, she didn't think that they were as shallow as they actually are. Yeah. So, yeah, they fight. He's, a, I guess, a little jealous, but I wasn't really sure of his motivation at this time. I wasn't either. I just thought he was mad because she stopped talking to him and they had made this, like, great... He thought they were, like, these really good friends and after all that. So he just... He felt betrayed in a way when, in in truth, she was she was protecting herself. She was hurt and mm-hmm. she had every right to blow him and his jackassy friends, new friends, off. Yep. So then he's in the car with one of the popular girls and... She shows him her boobs, and he feels her up, and then he marks off a calendar how... How long it had been. His whole life. Yeah. <laughs> he marked off the... Up to the days. Today's the day that I touched a boob. <laughs> Was this the first time they were, they were called tits in a movie that we've watched? Yeah. I, I don't think they've been this crude yet in movies. Yeah. That we've seen yeah. on our podcast. And this was PG-13. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in <laughs> Harry Potter tradition, it's Halloween now. <laughs> <laughs> and Seth Green is piggybacking on his father's shoulders to hang up this witch mm-hmm. on their house. Because he's just a little baby. <laughs> he's like a little spider monkey. So um, he's hanging out with the popular jocks who are idiots, and they've been egging this house for four for, years. Forever. Yeah. And he's like going along with them and then it turns out it's Kenneth's house and he has this bag of poo dog poo to throw and he throws it at the door ew it's so gross it splatters I'm like that is the ugh 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 I mean it's better than setting it on fire and then ding dong ditching yeah but it's just like not humane (laughs) why is it funny why do you get like amusement out of that like we don't know enough about these 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 jocks but like normally bullying comes from a very personal place where you're trying to to compensate the feelings that you feel by bringing somebody else down to your level typically psychology says so because normally bullies don't understand the own, their own feelings that they feel they've been bullied themselves and they don't understand it so they try and mimic what has been done to them mm-hmm to understand it in a way that's why i don't understand these boys 
But Kenneth's father had a trap prepared. Yeah, he had their boy, like, instead of letting their, their his kids go out for Halloween, he has one hide behind a bush, mm-hmm. and the other is controlling the net. Yeah, so the net gets, of course, released on Ronnie, and Kenneth tackles him, and then he sees that it's him. And he's hurt. Yeah, his feelings are hurt even more than they already were by being abandoned by his best friend. What a dick. And just, like, he lets him go, because he's just shocked. And you would think that this would be a moment where Patrick Dempsey would analyze his life choices Mm -hmm. and realize that... Cindy was right, and that he needs to go back to his himself. Mm-hmm. But he does not. No, he's got dinner with his parents, and they're talking about grades and stuff. And you can tell that Ronnie is just completely not himself anymore. Yeah, because a straight A student is just like whatever. I don't need any. Well, it was a scene about how he was hiding his report card from his parents. Yeah, which was stupid. Like, what parent? would believe. Well, he trusted him. But still, like, if you are noticing these changes in your, your son, mm-hmm. I mean, these are not good changes. He's on drugs. He's on drugs. <laughs> That's what they would think now. They're like, bring out the bath salts. Where are they? <laughs> Honey, where are you hiding the heroin? Then we have a scene with Cindy and her boyfriend, college boy, and he's a douche to her because he's like, go get me a milkshake. Extra thick. Extra thick. And then she brings it to him, like a little servant, and he's like, this is what I want. It's not thick enough. And she dumps it on his head and ruins his car. Ha 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 ha. His stupid Porsche. His white Porsche. Who, okay, why would you get a white car? They get so dirty. So this leads to a good scene because she goes home early from her date because of this and her mom's there and she's not on a date and she gets to bond with her mom for once. This is like Thanksgiving. Um, Yeah, and this is a really nice moment between her and her mom. Um, Her mom is a divorced mother. Mm -hmm. This is our first single mama. Hot mama. We don't count. um, Gloria! (laughs) (laughs) An author, author. Yeah. No, we don't count her. Cindy learned, like, Cindy learned through her relationship with uh, Donald, with (gasps) Ronnie, you know, that the status that she was trying to portray isn't everything, and that it's it's not necessary to have fun or be loved. It's not what you are, it's who you are. Yeah, exactly. They didn't express that enough. Mm -hmm. Like, that was the, the main thing that the movie really, they focused more on him doing all of these horrible things and, like, unlearning everything that he already knew about himself. It's just a lot of him getting drunk on power. Yeah. And then, like, yeah, like, that's why I feel like the struggle wasn't necessarily enough, but it was, like, the building blocks were there at the at the end. Yeah. So then, um, there's this, at school, Cindy tries to talk to Ronnie and, like, actually tries to make a date with him. Like, hey, I saw something, I saw a crack in the moon, and we should go to the the, the airplane graveyard. graveyard. And he just totally blows her off, because he's a doof. No, oh, he's a dick. Yeah, he's like, what happened to your college boyfriend? I've been hanging out with these chicks. Yeah, we're banging. And she's like, well, who don't they bang? Bye. <laughs> Pretty much. Right? Yeah, they yeah, get, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they get the essence of the th- of the. Th- yeah, th- this th- is when they, like, flopped scenarios with one another almost Mm -hmm. like i wish there was one scene where you saw her reject him in the beginning and then like 
the realization yeah. would be a little bit, it would hit a little bit harder, I think. Then we have a New Year's Eve party, and Cindy gets wasted. On straight vodka. Yeah. And Ronnie is with this girl Iris in the bathroom, and Cindy is watching him, and he's undressing her and using Cindy's poetry. Yeah. Yeah. To undress this other woman. <laughs> oh, it's so gross. Ugh. This part, I'm just like, how low can this guy get? This is disgusting. A felony? Mm. Which, I mean, he already kind of has committed some form of a felony. But then Bobby shows up. Randomly. Yeah, to this high school party. And he was the worst actor ever. <laughs> he was like, Cindy, no. Where's Cindy? Cindy. Cindy. Who's this guy? <laughs> Cindy. What, what? What's Ronald Miller doing? Ronald Miller. Ronald Miller. Ronald Miller. <laughs> and then he was just like, oh, wait. So she pulls Cindy, like, into the other room, and they have this conversation, and she's drunk and mm. upset and, you know, has every right to be. And he's like, well, what are you doing, Cindy? What, why are you doing hanging around with this other guy? Yeah. Wow, it's gone. I sound like William Shatner. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like... I I only pay, he paid me. I'm drunk. <laughs> he only because only he paid me. I wouldn't touch him. He paid me. But that makes you a prostitute. You're a prostitute, Cindy. <laughs> and we went, yup. <laughs> Called that in the intro. <laughs> but like, she isn't. She isn't necessarily the definition of a prostitute. No. He leaves her alone. She like throws a thing on the record player to stop the Billy Idol. Which is sad. she's like, listen, Ronnie! <laughs> I'm drunk. And I only went out with him because he paid me. Yeah, that's right. He gave me a thousand dollars. And he said that all you, all you would instantly like him. And, and he was right. And I didn't believe him. And, 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 and lots of finger wagging. Yeah. <laughs> and all you guys are fake. And you like him only because I went out with him and he paid me. So he paid you. <laughs> so then he immediately becomes a social leper. Yeah, like uh, he's, he decides to leave and his bathroom lover, which why would you have sex in a bathroom like that? Like Gross. on a toilet? Like Gross. That's just not okay. Like just, just from sanitary standards, that's just not okay. And she like says, I don't know who you are <laughs> and walks away. So he's walking home and he's so sad, and his, the nerds drive past him. Yeah, and he see, and his house is full of people doing his dance craze. His little brother, I think, was having a New Year's yeah. Eve party too. So he goes into the garden shed and lies down on the ground and just starts sobbing in the garden shed. And I really wanted to feel bad for him because Patrick Dempsey's like sad face was really good. He deserved it. Oh, no, he definitely deserved it. But, you know, like, at that point, you're like, oh, look, real emotion again. Like, you can actually not be fake kind of thing. So you're like, walls are starting to crumble, and I don't want them to. Mm-hmm. So at school, he has no friends. Not even the punks will eat lunch with him. <laughs> Which, that was a big deal for you guys. I didn't... I went to a Catholic high school where we all wore the same and we didn't really have tables and or cliques and or The things. punks accept everybody. Is that is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. The punks wouldn't have nothing to do with them. His outfit and his hair are returning to normal, which is, thank God. 
We needed, I needed his hair to tell the story. Mm-hmm. Like, as he became more of a human being, his hair would get fluffier and fluffier. Oh, yeah. Like a chihuahua. And who could, who couldn't, or who couldn't effect. forgive that hair? I, I, you can't. It's so fluffy and nice and it's like a cloud or a so, pillow. So he goes to the arcade to make up with Kenneth and Kenneth is like, you shit on my house. And, and like, beat the shit out of him. Yeah. He, like, tussles him a little bit, and we were like, yeah! <laughs> really, we, we really wanted to see Ronnie suffer at yeah. this time. We needed, like, one more scene. One more scene of his suffering. Yeah. To be honest. He's trying to talk to Cindy at school, and she walks into the bathroom. So he follows her into the bathroom, and he's trying to apologize, but it's a teacher in the stall. I called it. Yeah, you did. <laughs> he gets suspended for a month. Cindy's at the mall at a makeup counter, and Seth Green's there. And this could have been this scene could have been something like yeah, he, he really misses you, or something where Seth Green becomes honest. Well, it would make his spying spying make sense. Yeah, but they didn't do it. It was just pointless. <laughs> yeah, the foundation was there, and it just like there was no payoff for it. Mm-mm. Sorry. We still love you, Seth Green. Yeah. We can't fault you for your thirteen-year-old self. Ronnie tries calling her, but, you know, she gives the excuses. I'm out of the country. I'm washing my hair. I'm in the shower. Yeah. Won't, won't take his calls. So he's, he's mowing the lawn at 6 a.m. Which I would murder him. Yeah, she comes out. He's, like, doing backflips on the mower. Yeah. Which I didn't understand. Yeah. But this isn't, I thought it would be the ending scene, but it's not the ending scene, so I don't remember what they said. He, um... Tries to apologize and say that, you know, what you said was right, and I was a dick. Yeah. I miss you. Yeah, but You she's... really destroyed me. It was all, it was mostly all about him. But, and she's like, well, see you later. And he's like, well, I'll come back at 11, and she's like, I'll be washing my hair. Yeah. Or out of the country. He tells her, you brought me back to reality. Yes. But she doesn't forgive him yet. Which was good. Mm-hmm. I liked that bit. Yeah. I think he, at this point, he just apologized for his ego. Yes. He didn't apologize for the hurt that he caused her. Yeah. So, uh, we see in school, Kenneth, his nerd friends, hanging out with the cheerleaders, and he's teaching them math and stuff. And, uh, Kenneth gets threatened by one of those jock guys, and then, uh, you get saved by Ron. Ronnie comes up, and he has this grand speech being like, we were all friends. You know, what? why does this... In elementary school, we didn't yeah. have these cliques. Yeah, it's all bullshit. That's what he says. It's all bullshit. bullshit. It's like jocks and nerds, whatever. It's stupid. We all we all hurt inside. <laughs> like, we're all people. Like us, love us. Much. Don't hurt our feelings. You know. And he makes a really good speech in front of everybody, and everybody does a slow clap. <laughs> So it was good. He had a heartfelt moment. Even Sam did a slow cap. It was hilarious. Yeah. So it's like he's learned. It's, yeah. He's learned his lesson. Yeah. Every- and he kind of accepts that he's going to be the social pariah mm-hmm. again, though. He doesn't expect... I think this is what I liked the most because it was like he didn't expect anything from anybody at this point. Yeah. This is the first time that he didn't expect anything from anyone. Yeah. And it related to what him and his friend were talking about at the beginning of the movie where his friend was like... Uh, you know, we used to be friends, and then the jocks are the jocks, and we're us, and I like us, you know, so. Yeah. Why rock the boat? Yeah. Because the boat always needs rocking, because people need to understand. Yeah. Other people. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, you can be a jock, 
and still sing in the school play. <laughs> oh, it went there. It's okay. I R.I.P. Cory Monteith. Oh, that's not even. That's not what he. That's oh. that's the whole premise oh. of his character on Glee. Oh, sorry. I thought it, this was High School Musical. <laughs> oh no. I I don't even. I don't subscribe to that. I subscribe to the true, uh, musical of our time. Whoa. <laughs> Back up. <laughs> okay, so then we have Ronnie mowing the lawn in his cowboy hat. And it's gonna happen. Ugh. Um. It was not a top hat like I thought. Yeah, it was a cowboy hat. It was a cowboy hat. hat. Uh, Cindy comes out to pay him for mowing the lawn. And, you know, they kind of have their good luck and goodbye type of Yeah, because the summer's about to start again, and they're, everybody's kind of going off in their own direction. Yeah, and her friends are there to pick her up. So they, they like, make up. Sort of. There's, like, a you-have-been-forgiven yeah. moment kind yes, of thing. Yes, that's what it is. It's not, like... I liked that they kind of alluded to it was going to be a sad ending. Yeah. Because she gets in her car, and she, it takes a little while. Like, she goes, like, halfway around the block. Yeah. And then you hear the tires squeal. Yeah, and he's already turned away from them. She's like, Ronald! But doesn't she say Donald? I don't know. She does, I think she says, Ronnie! And then she, like, runs to him and she's like, Donald! Because <laughs> that's the joke. That's what he, she thought his name was in the yeah. beginning. So, yeah, she jumps on the mower with him, and then they ride off into the, to the sunset, and they kiss. And then it freeze frames, and we have our credits. Can't buy me we love! Um, so yeah, this movie, to me, had a lot of problems. It had really good, a good foundation of what it wanted to do. Yeah. And it got, I think, who was it? Was it Roger Ebert who explained it? Or one of the reviews that I read on, because one of the reviews, like, explained it exactly how I feel. Mm-hmm. It was the New York Times who said it. Karen James. Um, she said that Michael Swirlick, and uh, the writer, and Steve Rash, the director, waste a chance to make the much deeper and funnier movie that strains to break through. The film has an identity crisis that's a mirror image of Ronald's own. He thinks he wants popularity of any pr- at any price, though he's really a sincere guy. The movie or the film thinks it wants to be sincere when all it truly wants to be is popular. Just like the other kids' movies, so it sells off of its originality. So it had a good original foundation, but it was commercialized mm. in a way. That's what, I mean, that's that's really what, what you see. You see this kind of materialistic focus of the film. They don't learn enough from it, but it had a really good foundation. They just expanded on the things that they shouldn't have expanded on. Yeah. Parts were really good, though. Yeah. Like, the first 40 minutes of this movie, I think, if it would have continued along that pace, or that, like, general... If it turned into Pretty in Pink. Yeah, almost, like, if they wouldn't have focused on his... Like, he could have still had this materialistic kind of popularity journey. I just think he needed to learn sooner. There were moments where it was just like, no, this kid, at this point in his life, this teenager, this 18-year-old would not have continued along this path because of even doing these events. Like, him going through that Halloween event with his best friend. Mm-hmm. Like, you can say, you originally he was just like, no, we should do another house, and then he was peer pressured into doing it. But he didn't learn from that. He continued on his 
trajectory of the popularity is what what I want completely. Yeah, and for what gain? Yeah. Like, it didn't girl who had may slept with the entire football team. Like, not that that doesn't diminish her value, but... He didn't even want the girls. Yeah, he didn't want the girls. He wanted the popularity. Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't in it for sex. He wasn't... I think if they would have made it, made the clear cut, like, what his actual motivation for the popularity was, maybe a little bit better. Mm -hmm. That could have made those scenes work better and would have connected it to the beginning a bit better. But just... Maybe it's also the casting choice, because you want to root for Pat Dempsey. You really do. You want him to be this cute and good guy that he is in the beginning all the time. Yeah. And when he shifts to the complete extreme opposite, it doesn't it doesn't hit as much because you're like, well, he had everything he wanted in the beginning, or he had everything that he needed why isn't he turning back yet like why is it taking him so long to come to the realization that he that this is not a good thing yeah because it's not only ruining all of his relationships but it's ruining his relationship with his parents it's ruining his grades it's ruining his whole life in a way and he's not recognizing like he's he's mad about it but he's not doing anything to change it Mm -hmm. yeah and what even was popularity at that school you get to sit at a certain table yeah yeah Nothing. Mm-mm. There wasn't even really any real power to it. He wasn't trying to be, like, prom king or class president or anything. Yeah. Like, that, the whole middle, the beginning <laughs> and the end, are, are really strong. They're strong. They could stand on their own, in a way. And, but the, 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 the whole middle, it's just, it's horrible. Yeah. That's what brings it down a lot. It's like a, it's just a huge anchor of freaking hair gel. <laughs> Do you want to rate this movie? Yes, let's let's rate it. I am going to rate it two and three quarters below ties. Nice. I'm going to rate it um two and a half poetry books. And I was going to rate it two, and I just gave a half point for the hair. I know, the hair really brings it up. Yeah. Definitely, like, Patrick Dempsey's character in the beginning and the end definitely are the the strongest bit of that movie. And I think that's where we need to... to, I I would love to see a movie that went back to this kind of idea and made it better and and kind of made that whole middle thing connect to the end and the beginning. I think it would just be really strong to to see it from a male perspective. Not that I really want a lot more male perspective movies, but I think... This idea of having a high school romantic comedy from a male perspective is just a very unique mm-hmm. idea. Even, even, because I don't think, I don't really think there are very many. Like a male-centric, a male f- perspective romantic comedy. Well, we're watching one next week. <laughs> For a, a teen romance. Oh, it's not a teen. Yeah, see, that's, that's, our, that's where I guess I should draw the line. A teen romantic comedy from a male's perspective, because most of them... Teen least, boys with feelings. Yeah, 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 yeah. A teen boys who can cry, because Patrick Dempsey could cry. <laughs> I think that would be really interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, next week we're watching a movie that is near and dear to my heart, 1987's Roxanne. I've never seen it. Uh, it's, it's, um, it's a retelling of uh, Cyrano de Bergerac. Oh, okay, cool. With Steve Martin. <gasps> Wait, I have seen parts of this. With the nose? Yep. Oh my god, yes. I've never seen the whole thing. I didn't Um, know it was called Roxanne. It's a good one. Yeah, we have some thank yous. We actually have quite a lot of thank yous, so I'll probably read them 
a little fast. On uh, Facebook, thank you to my mom and to Sam for sharing. And on Twitter, thank you to Leah. Thanks to John Cryer. Random. <laughs> Ducky himself, literal John Cryer, uh, retweeted our post. And I died. <laughs> <laughs> I just woke up to a text from her. And I was like, <laughs> Legitimate. Uh, thank you to Nicole K, Two Girls, One Film Podcast, Critical Crop Top, Starlight Cinemas, and the Fictional Females Podcast. And uh, you can find all of our episodes at thecutaways.com. Please leave us comments and rate us and subscribe to us if you can figure it out on iTunes and Stitcher. It's pretty easy. You just click a button. Yeah. Yeah. If you like clicking buttons. <laughs> and um, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter as Cutaways Podcast. There we go. That's us, and that's this episode. We're gonna go watch some Game of Thrones. Yes. Jon Snow's alive. <gasps> Alright, have a good week. Bye! Bye.